You made it. Checked out of office to check into the sweet views of this place where the kids aren't asking for the Wi-Fi. Mom, can we go to the pool? And when you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. Amazon's got everything you need for your dorm. From everyday essentials and school supplies, to clothes and decor, to bedding for... Power naps. And regular naps, too. Save on all things college at Amazon. Hello there, welcome to another episode of This Week in History with me, your host, Dan the Viking. Now, this week's episode, I was not expecting anybody to get it, and I was right. This week's episode is titled Operation Sky Shield. Now, the picture that was on the Facebook group was of the Arvo Vulcan B-2 bomber. This... I was expecting some of you to get, which you did. You know, the Arvo Vulcan is a pretty formidable aircraft. It's a Royal Air Force aircraft. For those of you who are astute, Arvo or Avro, uh, depends on how you pronounce it, were the manufacturers of the Lancaster bomber as well. So this was a different type of aircraft compared to the Lancaster bomber. And the Avro or the Arvo Vulcan was possibly one of the best aircraft the British have ever had. It was extremely uh, advanced for its time and it actually came into service in 1952. So for the aircraft that it was, if you ever have a get to have a look at it, mm-hmm. I have actually seen one of these fly myself. They used to do these at um, Cleethorpes where I live. Um, They had these flying over every now and again for air shows and things like that. And I have seen these fly. Um, I will post a picture on the Facebook group of a picture I have taken of a Vulcan bomber myself um, in full flight. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful aircraft. Um, It actually retired from service in the Royal Air Force in 1984. So I'm sure you can understand this is technically uh, modern history. Now the B-2 version had a larger wingspan than the original Vulcan bomber and more powerful engines. It was a strategic bomber and it was part of Britain's anti, uh, well, anti-nuclear or nuclear bombing uh, force. It was the, an anti-deterrent um, and it was also, uh, if we ever needed to nuke anybody, that was Britain's go-to plane for for nuclear bombs. Um, It is a jet-powered, tailless, delta-wing, high-altitude strategic bomber. That's the official title. What we are covering today is something that most Americans, I'm assuming, don't know. And there is a good reason for this not being covered in your history. Um, So I'm going to enlighten you. Operation Sky Shield 
was a series of military exercises conducted in the United States from 1960 and 1961. Um, and this was by the North American Aerospace Defense Command or NORAD and the Strategic Air Command at the SAC. This was to test against uh, air attacks from the Soviet Union during the Cold War. What they were doing essentially was making sure that what they had in place in America and Canada to defend themselves against the uh, potential attacks from the Soviet Union would work. Okay, so that's, that's the gist of it. Now, the operations involved 6,000 uh, aircraft flown by the United States, the Royal Air Force and the Royal Canadian Air Force simulating Soviet fighter and bomber attacks in New York, San Diego, LA, Washington and various other cities. And it was amongst the largest military aviation exercises ever held in America. And the UK or the RAF played the role of the Soviet Union in this instance, okay? So the United States and Canada throughout the entire Cold War assured that their air defense system, they told their citizens that it was 99% effective. In other words, there was the smallest chance, but not very likely, that Russia would ever be able to get through that air defense and nuke America. So they had to test this. However, this was not strictly the case. In July 1960, the, the Department of Defense gave airlines eight weeks notice that it would mobilize an unprecedented number of combat aircraft in training exercises so big that it would interfere with all airlines and they should adjust their flights accordingly. So in the first instance, an estimated 1,000 US commercial flights carrying a total of 37,000 passengers and 700 general aviation aircraft were affected by this exercise. Okay, so they had to ground flights across America and Canada. Um, Canada actually had 310 flights with 3,000 passengers affected. Um, and it also affected 31 foreign flights into North America that were cancelled. Okay, the estimated cost just on this, all right, just on the planes being grounded, was approximately one and a half million dollars, which today's money would be roughly 4.3 million dollars. Okay, so it was quite an expensive operation just to ground the flights. Skyshield took place as planned on September the 10th, 1960, and it went from 1 a.m. until 7 a.m. Okay, so it wasn't a long thing, but it was to prove a point. America was proving a point. The operation included 1,129 fighter scramblers, which were flown by approximately 360 interceptors against Strategic Air Command um, and their strike force of B-47 Stratojets and B-52 Stratofortresses. These were basically modern versions of the B-52 bombers um, and the B... Oh, 
now my maths has gone, the Flying Fortress, essentially. Um, I can't remember the name of it. Someone, someone will correct me on that, but it, they were essentially jet versions of those planes. These were the newest planes that America had. Um, and the, the Strata Fortresses simulated the enemy. In this attack that the enemy had, they also included eight Royal Air Force Vulcan B-2 bombers, which we discussed earlier. Four of the B-2 bombers left Scotland, and the other four left from Bermuda. So they were attacking from the north and the south. Okay, so just to give you an idea how far Scotland actually is from America, it, they, you know, they had a long way to travel, and throughout the entire series of this let's let's be aware let's put, put remember that they were trying to stop a nuclear attack now when a nuclear attack was if a nuclear attack was to happen they would not have any prior knowledge of a nuclear attack they had prior knowledge of this happening so even if it was successful america had a massive advantage knowing that these these bombers were coming the first vulcan casualty or the first casualty of the exercise was an RAF Vulcan which was intercepted by a McDonnell F-101 Voodoo at 56,000 feet above Goose Bay Labrador okay so they did get one out of eight despite this the Vulcans achieved an unprecedented survivability with seven out of the eight British bombers managing to reach their targets and then returned to Stevensville, Newfoundland unscathed. In other words, they sent out eight bombers with what they, the way they did it, the way the British did it, they sent one essentially with a nuke, three to jam the radar systems. So three would fly ahead, one behind. The one behind was the one with the bomb, when they jammed the radar systems and they jammed all of the systems that America had, the one bomber would fly around the other three and hit the target. Okay, In both instances, the bomber that would have been carrying a nuclear bomb managed to reach its target, hit its target and returned home safely without any interception from an American aircraft. Their effectiveness was unbelievable, all right? And it scared the American uh, NORAD because they had no idea that how easy it was. This, this happened in less than a few hours and they knew it was coming and they prepared and they sent up over a thousand or, you know, um, yeah, over a thousand aircraft to tackle this. They sent over a thousand aircraft against 360 aircraft now this was a little bit embarrassing and not something they ever really wanted to admit to now the one advantage that the British did have um, I suppose in this instance is the superiority of the Vulcan bomber and the advantage that the Americans had with this was that the Soviets had nothing near the capability of the Vulcan bomber so although the British were essentially able to nuke America um, it was unlikely that the Soviets had anything um, as good as what the British had so the Americans went back to the drawing board and tried to revamp and 
find out where they went wrong. You've got to remember this was a training exercise. So they went back and tried to find out where they'd gone wrong, where they could improve um, for another attempt. And the following year, they went for Sky Shield 2 in 1961. And now, if you had planned for a flight in 1961 on either October the 14th or October the 15th, uh, you pretty much were buggered. They grounded an estimated 2,900 flights and around 125,000 passengers were affected by this. Okay, so this was bigger than the last one. All right, it was a bigger operation. It was a bigger a bigger target there was a bigger time frame for it it ran from 11 o'clock in the morning to 11 o'clock at night um, america really pulled out all the stops to make sure that this time they weren't going to get outdone by the british so october the 14th from 11 a.m to 11 p.m was one of the largest defense maneuvers ever held in the western world it involved 250 bombers against 250 these were the, the british bombers by the way against 250 missile sites 1800 fighter planes and more than 6000 sorties more than 50 us fighter interceptor squadrons participated including the f101b voodoo's the f106 delta darts the f102 delta daggers the F-104 Lockheed Starfighters, the Northrop F-89J Scorpions, and the Douglas F-4D Skyrays. So in this case, they went full-blown, right? Let's be honest, America tend to do go big or go home. This tends to be a, a pretty consistent theme with Americans. You're going all in or you're not going to bother, right? And this is what they did. They went all in. They went for everything. Across the continent... 150,000 airfield and flying personnel and 50,000 more in close support would play a part uh, in the US Air Force, Army, Navy, Air National Guard and the Royal Canadian Air Force during Sky Shield 2. The RAF Falcons participated again. Four from 27 Squadron uh, flying from Kindley Air Base in Bermuda and four from 83 Squadron flying from RAF Lozimouth in Scotland. Okay, They simulated the Russian heavy bombers and they flew at 56,000 feet, again above the United States uh, B-52 Stratofortresses that fly, flew at roughly 35 to 42,000 feet and the lower Stratojets flew at a slightly lower level um, in this instance. One 27 Squadron Vulcan flying from Bermuda successfully evaded the defending F-102 Delta Dagger interceptors covered by three other Vulcans providing jamming equipment again um, and tracked round the north landing at Plattsburgh Air Force Base in New York. So not only did they manage to get through, they would have destroyed New York and then the Vulcan bomber decided, I'm not going back to Newfoundland. I'm going to land in New York, probably put my feet up and ask for a cup of tea. And the Northern Attack Force stream reported a single incident of radar contact by an, by an interceptor. So in other words, 
the four planes that went up uh, from the north part of America they caught one on radar but they never actually caught it with a plane so Sky Shield 2 which was more expensive put more people out of place in you know flying and commercial had a lot more money behind it a lot more planes behind it <clears throat> was still <coughs> excuse me was still unsuccessful in stopping the British Royal Air Force Vulcan bombers from getting to their targets if these especially the New York plane if that had have got through to its target New York would have been a pile of rubble Sky Shield 2 phases were transmitted to the Royal Canadian Air Force stations by secure media but in case of intercept the details of the operations were given RCF code names um, in other words this was just in case people found out that you know it had been an unmitigating failure um, they codenamed the whole thing so there was no way this was getting leaked a B-52 lost in the Atlantic counted, accounted for the lives of eight men during the exercise. So actually eight men died during this uh, exercise. A single search triangle of 600 miles from New York was set up for the missing crew. The US Coast Guard uh, reported seeing an orange flare at 12.15am on the 17th of October but the eight crew members were eventually presumed lost at sea. So, even though they managed to break through twice, they had to, you know, they still lost men. And the, the, the funny thing is, well, I suppose it's not funny at all, it's just a British saying, don't get offended by that. It is a British saying, or the funny thing is, someone died. It's not funny. We know it's not funny, but it's just the same. But the funny thing is, this was a training exercise, and still eight men died on a training exercise. Now, I'm sure this happens up and down the world on all training exercises, um, but it was, uh, in this instance, it was not uh, not really the best the best thing for for anyone really it wasn't it wasn't a great training exercise for anybody um the british proved that their aircraft were superior to the americans or at least they were superior in jamming the radar systems that america had so there was no way of america's finding the british um i suppose on on one side for from a british point of view um it's quite nice to be the underdogs and actually win because let's be honest when you talk about Britain as a country um, when we talk about the power and the might of the American Air Force and the American Army um, doesn't matter how well trained the British are um, we're outnumbered probably 100 to 1 um, and those odds never look good in a battle so um, it's quite nice to be an underdog and, and actually win for once so uh, you know what they say you know the rebels do lose when the empire strikes back um and the british in this instance would have well they would have destroyed at least uh well you would have you'd have definitely would have destroyed uh, new york definitely would have destroyed chicago because these were the two main cities that they were attacking um and the planes coming from underneath uh, would have hit 
Washington and one actually managed to get through to LA as well. So, um, luckily, we have a pretty good relationship with America, um, so we don't have to worry too much about it. Um, the media coverage, as I'm sure you can imagine, was pretty low. Um, the Daily Express, uh, which is a British newspaper, strenuously design, uh, denied, uh, which was denied by the United States Department of Defense, ran with this the um, headline that British aircraft took part in strategic air command exercise over the United States in autumn of 1960. This was denied by the US Department of Defense. Um, and for those of you who know your British newspapers, the Daily Express isn't exactly a credible source um, it's just a basic newspaper it's not one of your your main top newspapers but you know it goes to show how things can be manipulated by the media um, you know we know this actually happened because it was declassified in 1996 96 99 sorry was declassified in 1999 so we know this actually happened but in 1963 the American government turned around and went, no, this didn't happen. It did not happen. Categorically, did not happen. Um, in 1960, there was a statement um, by Eugene Zuckert, Secretary of the U.S. Air Force, said um, it was completely without foundation. That's a quote. So, in other words, not only is it made up, it's just it's, it's bollocks. It never happened. The whole thing didn't happen. If you were grounded, if you remember having your flight grounded, that never fucking happened. That's a load of crap. Never happened. Um, the Chicago uh, Tribune newspaper reported, we do not know whether the Royal Air Force leaked the story to show up the Kennedy administration because of its decision to scrap the Skybolt air-to-ground missile. So, again, that was from the well from a Chicago newspaper I don't know how popular the Tribune is in Chicago um, again, it, I th I don't, again I don't know American politics I don't know if Chicago was against the Kennedy administration if it was against the Kennedy administration it might make sense that this would have been a headline um, but, but yeah this was categorically denied um by the US absolutely categorically denied because and and let's be honest here guys this was categorically denied for good reason because America was in a situation where potentially a nuclear war could start at any time and if they turned around and went all right yeah we did uh, we did an exercise but the British, the country that's smaller than the Soviet Union, a country that's not got as much money as the Soviet Union, a country that's not as powerful as the Soviet Union, they managed to get eight fighter or they managed to get eight nuclear bombers through our defense system on two separate occasions. Um, it's really not gonna it's gonna scare the shit out of the American people. I mean, um, I've seen newspaper articles. I've I've spoken to people who lived through this. Um, I've seen documentaries and everything in regards to the Cold War. I'm not a big fan of the Cold War when it comes to historical purposes. It doesn't really interest me. Um, I just, I, yeah, it just doesn't interest me. But I understand that 
America had a duty to its citizens to make them feel safe. Um, however, as we quite clearly know, uh, if shit had hit the fan, you weren't safe at all. Um, so there you go. If you lived through the Cold War and you'd lived through the 60s and you thought, well, you know, at least our air defense system was 99% secure. It fucking wasn't. <laughs> you were lied to. It wasn't. And it was pretty bad. Uh, you were pretty vulnerable, to be fair. Um, but, you know, as we know, as I'm sure we all know, governments lie to us up and down the country, all over the world. We are lied to every single day. Um, for example, in this country, I've just seen a tweet. Uh, now, I, I don't I don't particularly like getting into politics, um, but I will just say this. If you are American and you are listening to this, there has been a tweet in the last couple of days by President Biden. And it says, the Delta variant, and this is actually a tweet, by the way, you can find this. Um, the Delta variant, a highly infectious COVID-19 strain, is spreading rapidly among young people between 12 and 20 years old in the UK. If, you, if you're young and haven't got your shot yet, it really is time. It's the best way to protect yourself and those you love. Now, I just want to give you the statistics from the UK, right? If you are male, the first death recorded was over 39 years old. Anybody under 39 has not been affected uh, in that instance by COVID-19, okay? And this is off the uh, the government's own websites, all right? This is our government's website, um, you can get the statistics, the mortality rate per 100,000 people per population. Um, and it's from weeks 27 onwards. So this is, uh, I'm, I'm not sure what that is. I think it's, a 29, it's the 29th of June 2020 to 31st of January 2021. Um, it, there has been no deaths, basically, for anyone from 12 to 20 years old. So when a government tells you that this is happening in another country if you are american and you want to know you are told anything that's going on in this country feel free to contact me if you're not sure on what's going on now i am not an anti-vaxxer i'm not anti-covid i'm not a conspiracy theorist um i do have my own personal opinion on covid i do have my own personal opinion on the vaccine um but um, if you have heard anything from governments um, across the world stating certain things that are going on in the UK and you're not sure whether it's true or not, feel free to contact me. I will confirm whether it's true or not, whether it's something we hear. And the only reason I say this is because in this country we have been plastered all over the news of uh, the Indian variant and all the images of people uh, tragically dying in India of COVID-19. Um, I have a friend who lives in New Delhi. I have contacted him on several occasions, shown him the footage that we're seeing, and he has sent me pictures of markets in New Delhi that are absolutely fine. He's videoed walking down the streets in New Delhi, the same streets that are on our news saying people are dying on. He's walking down the same streets showing you that people are not dying. So 
there is a lot of things going on in the world right now and if you're not 100% sure and it's stating that it's from Britain let me know I'll say yeah that is true actually shit has hit the fan or no it's not that bad so I'm not uh, I won't well, I don't want to offend anyone basically I don't want to offend anybody everybody has a personal opinion when it comes to covid everybody has a personal opinion when it comes to the vaccine and whether you want to get it or not um, it is entirely up to you you are human you are an adult you make your own decision in life um yeah that's entirely up to you guys and i will never ever begrudge anybody who has a different opinion to me and that is something i think the entire fucking world needs to learn right now i'm sorry if that was a really accentuated f word but I'm going to have a little bit of a rant at this because I know this is the end of the episode and I know most of you are probably switched off by now but the entire world right now needs to stop being offended by people who have a different opinion an opinion does not hurt people if your opinion is let's let's go to the extreme if your opinion is a racial opinion does your opinion hurt someone no it does not I was always brought up on the, and I'm sure many, many of my listeners were, brought up on the, words don't hurt you. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, or never harm me. So, we've all been brought up like that. Now, how are words hurting people? Words do not hurt you. Um, If you know somebody who is offended by words, just tell them to grow up. You can be offended, but it doesn't it doesn't change anything you know the whole world right now needs to sort of take a step back and calm down a little bit because it's gone a little bit crazy um and every country is the same at the moment um i know we've seen a lot of stuff that's going on um in america we see loads of it on, on our news and half of it i speak to a lot of you guys that are out there and half of it's a load of rubbish we don't we hear the extreme rather than what's actually happening um, so I always like to confirm what I hear if you want to confirm what you hear about this country just drop me a message I'm quite happy to to help and if you are of a persuasion um, where you know you you have you, you are say less for example you are offended by other people's opinions um, and you want to talk to me about it feel free you know um, I I'm screaming to get somebody um, who is from an extreme leftist point of view. Um, be that an extreme feminist, be that an extreme BLM, um, extreme Antifa, anything that is really, really extreme left wing at the moment, which seems to be really, really popular. Um, I would love you to come on my show um, purely because there are a lot of listeners who really, really don't understand what's going on with this leftist agenda at the moment. Um, and I'm one of them. I really don't understand it. And I would, I don't want to criticise people. I don't want to insult people. But I want someone to come on and actually explain to me why we need this extreme, the, the absolute extremeness that we're seeing um, in the world right now. And again this is something i think needs to be addressed and and i don't have uh, much of a platform here i you know i have roughly sort of 1500 to 2000 listeners 
Um, it's not a huge amount, but if you guys are listening and you're thinking, do you know what? Actually, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it does need to be a bit educated on on Black Lives Matter, for example. Um, contact me because I'd love to learn about it. I want to learn. I'm one of these. I'm an intellectual. I want to know what's going on in the world, and I want to know from the people who are in the middle of it, not from what I see on the news, not from what I read on Facebook. I want to know from the people who are actually involved in this, the people who are actually there day in, day out, um, fighting this struggle. So, you know, please, please contact me and and let me know. um, And I'd love to get you on the show. Absolutely love to get you on the show. Um, Obviously, that show will not be history-based, but um, hopefully uh, you guys will still tune in and listen. So sorry for that. I, I I really do apologize for that that rant at the end um you know I just have a a few things on off my chest now that uh, have been bugging me for a few weeks and I think I think I've done that um the one thing I will say though before every anybody turns around and says that the government has got their best interest be that any government across the world just remember the armistice on the 11th of the 11th at the end of World War One, they knew about four weeks before the end of World War One. For those four weeks, both sides, both the Allies and the German forces, knew that the war was ending in four weeks' time, and they still sent thousands of men over the top to their deaths, even though they knew the war was ending. Just... A little thought for you guys. When you think the government has your back and everything the government tells you is correct, just remember that. Four weeks and they still sent young men to their deaths knowing that that war was finishing. Knowing that no one had to die for those last four weeks. Not a single person. And thousands did. So, there's a thought for you all to think on. Um, So, yeah. Let me know what you thought of this episode. I know this rant at the end's probably pissed a lot of people off. And if it has pissed you off, um, why has it pissed you off? Let me know. Send me a message. Let me know why it's pissed you off. Don't be rude, because I haven't been rude. I know I get, last time I did something on US politics, I did something about... Uh, I mentioned Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, on the 2020 episode. And someone sent me a message, effing and blinding, telling me that I don't know what I'm talking about. Um... I wasn't rude about the lady who has passed away. Um, I wasn't rude about her. I wasn't rude about anybody. So I didn't think the aggression was necessary. And I don't appreciate stuff like that. I have not been rude to anybody in this forum. And I don't appreciate anybody being rude back. So if you do have a different opinion to me. Or you have been offended, upset, disappointed by anything I've said. Or just have a different opinion. You know, let's, you know, you can have a different opinion and not be pissed off. Um... Let me know because how will I learn any other side of you? I'm very open-minded and I'm quite happy to learn people's points of view. Um, but I need to understand them first. So drop me a message. This Week in History on Facebook. TWIHpod at gmail.com for emails. Or you can contact me through Patreon if you are on Patreon. Good news for everybody on the 15th of January, uh, 15th of June, January, fucking on, going back in time, um, on the 15th of June, so five days from, or four days from this episode being uploaded, you will be able to access um, Apple subscription, 
alright I don't know the cost of it yet but I do know it's going live on the 15th so as soon as the next episode goes out you guys will be able to access Apple subscription um, and for those of you who are on Patreon and do want to uh, flip over to Apple subscription I shall talk you through all of the information on that for those of you who don't have Apple and do want to have access to the extra shows that we do get yourselves over to patreon.com forward slash this week in history and you will find all of our new topics that we're doing um there have been a few comments on the facebook group of the last episode that i did which was peter sutcliffe the yorkshire ripper um and personally i think it's probably my best episode that i've ever done so for those of you who really do enjoy this podcast and really are interested in what's going on um, get yourselves over to patreon.com five dollars a month Uh, that's less than a cup of coffee in most places and that's on a monthly basis as well that's not daily or weekly so get yourselves over there support this podcast support me support what i do and join me for extra episodes thank you for listening guys remember we all have history Make yours great. Bye-bye. Not running your business on NetSuite is like trying to sink a putt with a cap pulled over your eyes. NetSuite by Oracle is the number one cloud financial system, giving you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, budgeting, and more all in one place. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 31,000 businesses already use NetSuite. This summer, NetSuite has a special financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com go. netsuite.com go. Excited for a road trip? Start it off right with auto coverage from American Family Insurance. J.D. Power ranked us number one in customer satisfaction with the auto insurance shopping experience among mid-size insurers. Get a quote at AmFam.com. American Family Insurance. For J.D. Power 2021 award information, visit JDPower.com awards. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. In the heat of the moment, you're not just keeping it calm, you're keeping it cool, too. With an ice-cold cold brew, and not just any cold brew, but one that's slow-steeped and mixed with brown sugar and molasses flavor. With a cold foam infused with brown sugar coolness and a cinnamon sugar sprinkle on top. That's keeping it calm, cool, and cold brewed. With Dunkin's new brown sugar cream cold brew, America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. When you love riding a motorcycle, you want to ride it everywhere, even getting a dental checkup. Mr. Carter, wouldn't you prefer the chair? I'm fine on my bike, Doc. Well, let me know if you feel any discomfort. And when you love saving money, you want to save even more. That's why GEICO makes it easy to bundle your motorcycle and car insurance. All done, Mr. Carter. Remember to brush, floss, and lubricate your drive chain regularly. Kickstart your savings with GEICO Motorcycle. Bundle and save on the things you love.